Hey, everybody, it's Andrea. Before we start today's show, I have a super quick announcement to share with all of you. Beginning in April, I'm going to be launching a series of college to career live weekend boot camps to help graduating seniors as well as juniors who are confused about what jobs or careers they might want to pursue when they graduate. So imagine going from confused to confident with at least three different career options you'd be psyched to explore by the end of day one of the boot camp. And then learning the tools, tactics, and the strategies to find those jobs by the end of day two. The boot camp is live and it's led by me over Zoom. And you can learn more about it at College to Career Academy. That's college, the number two, career.academy. Or you can just look me up on LinkedIn and check out the featured section of my LinkedIn page. I can't imagine a better graduation gift for the college students in your life. Thanks so much for listening, and I know you're going to enjoy my next incredible guest. Hi there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Elizabeth Mitchell. I cannot wait to get into not just what you're doing now in your current job and how you built your career, but I just think your story is so fascinating and so representative of the way that careers unfold. And I want our listeners to know that when you were their age, when you were in college, you had no clue, just as I had no clue where I would end up, that you would end up in the healthcare industry and that you would actually spend the entirety of your professional career to date working for different organizations and in different capacities in the healthcare space. Yeah, it literally never occurred to me. <laughs> I had never even thought about going into healthcare. I was a religion and philosophy major. I was interested in sociology and political science and history. And, and, and the cool thing was, is not only did they, those things all come together in a religion degree, but they actually are all, all part of healthcare. You've got to understand economics and incentives, politics and political science, you know, social justice, social welfare. There's so much to healthcare that I've just found it endlessly fascinating, but I got there entirely by accident. So for those of us like me who know very little about healthcare and don't really understand what's going on in this industry, except that our deductibles keep getting higher and our reimbursement rates are getting lower. Could you please give us 
sort of a healthcare 101 around who are the main actors and players in the healthcare space? Sure. And it's such a good question because it is a a massive and opaque industry. And it is really hard to understand why it is as frankly messed up as it is. And everyone sees sort of different sides of the elephant, like they see their deductible or, you know, they can't get an appointment with a physician or, you know, they actually have a good experience with the surgery. But Putting the systemic view in place is really important to understand why we are where we are and what it will take to change. So obviously we have clinical teams, we have doctors, nurses, social workers, they are critically important. And honestly, we we need more of them and we need to support them more effectively. They are on the front lines of taking care of people every day. Unfortunately, in the U.S. healthcare system, they are also part of very large businesses, whether it's a hospital or a health system that tend to have business practices that aren't just about patient care. And this is going to be wonky, so bear with me. But in the U.S., we are we have what's called a fee for service system. So the way we pay for healthcare in the United States is you only get paid if you do something to someone. So if you have an office visit or if you have a MRI or some other test or if you have a surgery, that is the only time doctors get paid. So when you think about it, if everybody stays healthy, no one gets paid. That does not sit well with a multi-trillion dollar industry. (laughs) So there are all of these incentives to do more to people rather than keep them healthy, rather than keep them, you know, out of the hospital and just living healthy lives. All of the incentives are to basically do more procedures and tests and have those be really expensive because that's what's supporting the industry, the health insurance companies, the hospital systems. So we've got this complex set of business relationships that really overlay and getting the way of really just helping people stay healthy. So in my view, we've got to put more money into primary care and community health where people are actually able to stay healthy. And again, bear with me for the wonkishness, but there's this whole new, you know, movement in U.S. healthcare to recognize what they're calling the quote unquote social determinants of health. What that really means is, do you have a house? Do you have a well-paying job? Can you afford the food you need? What are the things in your day-to-day life that actually keep you healthy? That's what we need to be investing in. And, you know, frankly, we need to downsize the part of the industry that is just making massive profits off unnecessary procedures. So that's may not be a 101, but we want to support clinicians We want to support people staying healthy in their communities. And right now we have a massive system that works against that. You said thank you, by the way. In our Espresso Shots interview, which we just finished recording, you mentioned that we had lost the plot. And at another point, you said we're off script. So I want to ask you, if this was a play or a work of fiction, Elizabeth, who would the good guys be and who are the bad guys? You know, I really want to be careful there because I have worked in most of with most of these guys. I've worked for a health insurance company. I've worked for a health system. I've worked, you know, in the legislature, in academia. Everybody is trying to do their best. So 
I don't think anyone wakes up every day saying, how can I make patients' lives miserable? (laughs) Unfortunately, there are a lot of actors more on the health insurance side or on the all these companies that are making money off of people being sick. You know, if I had to divide, those really aren't the guys we want to support. We want to support the community health workers, the nurses, the physicians. And, you know, frankly, who supports patients? Who helps people sort of stay healthy? So it's not an easy call because some of the health insurance companies are doing the right thing. Pharma is often considered a bad guy, but they just came up with a vaccine that might save us from a pandemic. So the science that they're leading is great. Unfortunately, their business practices where they might jack up the price by 500% is not so great. So how do we separate the good science, the good clinical work from these business practices that are profit motivated? I kind of feel like this is sort of like Breaking Bad, where (laughs) you're watching this show that's really, really interesting, but there are no good guys in there. You can empathize with all different characters, but it's too complicated. It's not black and white. It is not. And it's the system. And that's what's so interesting to me. It's not that there are bad people. There's a really bad system and the system needs to be fixed. And that is what is so compelling. And that's the big opportunity right now. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.